Hail, you nostalgic half-brothers. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This Endorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 6, Episode 16, Turn Back the Clock, with special guest Hillary, uh, an old school Coors fan and the host of Previously on X-Men. Hillary, how are you? I'm great. You got another... Uh... Expert in the house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hillary, that, Hillary. That's what we seen, do. We get the experts. Yeah, she's seen every episode. That's true. You know, Hillary, Kendra and I saw that the cores were coming up next, and we were like, Hillary loves the cores. We got to get her on. I do love the cores. They could not have done less in this episode. They, they did. And they, they chose there. Like, their most low key song. Yeah. yeah. I thought the no. same thing. No, no better way to ring in the new year than the maudlin forgiven, not forgotten. Listen, it's one of their best songs. It is. Okay. So I get why they chose it, but it's not a party no, song. No, it's really weird. At all. Especially the Peach Pit After Dark. But I mean, the Peach Pit After Dark was content to listen to Ray play acoustic for like six no, months true. straight. This is just so. their vibe. Yeah. We're Anywho, getting ahead of ourselves here. We are. We are. Hillary, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Let's crack open the Condor. Let's get right into it. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired on January 3rd, 1996. On January 3rd, Florence Pugh was born. Mm. I love her. Of Marvel fame and other things. <laughs> and other things. What yeah. other things? She's in Little Women, right? Isn't she? Uh... She's in Little <gasps> yes! Women. Yeah. I mean, Midsummer was her breakout role. Right, right, right. I okay. love her. Okay. No, she's great. She's great. Yeah. On January 4th, Nick of 9021, here we go, turned 13. Yeah, there was a teenage boy watching this show. <laughs> rather than like a nine-year-old, as yeah. I was. Yeah. Season six, you're 13? That's correct, Hillary. So how old were you with the rest of it? Younger than that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I started watching it like weekly in season one. It was more like the Dylan Kelly Brenda stuff, which I think was like season three was when I was really like every so week. So 10. Yeah. I mean, not much better, but you know, normal, normal it's, childhood behavior. Of course, yeah. kids love nighttime soap operas. <laughs> All right. TV, January 9th, Third Rock from the Sun, starring John Lithgow, Jane Curtin, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt debuted. Love John Lithgow, who is now like the most talented actor in Hollywood, apparently. True. Yeah. He shows up in so many like serious. Yes. He's in everything. And every time he's in something, it's like, okay, well, let's give him all of the Oscars yeah, for all of great. the things. He's great. What are you thinking of specifically? I'm trying to think of the last thing I saw with him in it. Well, the only thing I can think of, it's not recent though. I think of him in... Um, Oh, I know what you're thinking. Planet of the Apes, yeah. It's like, oh, dad with Alzheimer's in his. But he's just in, there's something in he's in recently, The Old Man, I think it's called, which I haven't seen, but is one of those things that's like. Everyone says that show's really good. I haven't watched it yet either, but. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Mr. Corman, and I'm not typically a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, but it was an Apple TV show, and I, I really liked it. One season thing. I don't think I've seen a second of Third Rock from the Sun. 
Really? Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I remember show. it being on as I was growing up, but we just, yeah. we never watched it. And yeah, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so. It hasn't really had like the renaissance that a lot of other shows from that time have had. I think know? it's possible that it relies on tropes that wouldn't fly as much now. That could be. It's a lot of like accidental sexual harassment and probably a bunch of xenophobia. <laughs> that, that is true. You're right. You're right. Okay. It's on digital video disc, everyone, which is how we watch this episode since it's not streaming. Yeah. I didn't, though. I had to watch it uh, like this oh, random yeah. website online, which is not Weird. a fun way to watch it. So Yeah. Clandestine. Sorry weapon. about that. <laughs> All right. Shows that entered syndication in 1996 include Mad About You, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and Martin. All great. Good stuff. All great. Loved them all. Watched them all regularly. Music. January 9th, Early Morning, Stoned Pimp by Kid Rock. Oh, Kendra, you love that album, don't you? Isn't that like your favorite? It's my favorite. (laughs) You just got it on vinyl, I think. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. That's great. It actually comes with lotto scratch tickets. So that's (laughs) really good. Yeah. Excellent. Burns up. Yes. Burns smells like (laughs) corn chips. It's great. Also, apologies to Kid Rock's fans, everyone. Also, January 9th, Young, Rich, and Famous by Criss Cross, their final studio album came out and it uh, was certified gold. Oh, yeah. We haven't done any Criss Cross on my other podcast where we talk music. So, well, you you know, I saw them live, Kendra. You know, I saw them live in the early 90s. So, yes, I'm I'm available if Criss Cross comes up. That's all I'm saying. You're on hold for uh, what? What was the band that you wanted to talk new about? Kids on the block. Oh, new, new kids, kids on, on the, the block. block. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We'll get there. Okay. Video games. Here are the top rented games of no- January 1996. We have NBA Live '96 for the Sega Genesis, and of course Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So top rented. We're talking Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster. Good yep, times. Yep. Where else? Where else would you go? I didn't rent a lot of games. I I like movies all the time, but I don't remember like going and renting many video games. Well, that would be a smart way to do it. I know because they were so expensive. Yeah, but for whatever reason. Hmm. I mean, back in the olden days, you know, when you didn't have save points and stuff, I mean, you had to just kind of like do it over and over and over again. So it's not, I don't know. I feel like it didn't work as well on on, uh, rentals, but who knows? Yeah, I I think my brother did rent some sometimes, but uh, okay. I, did, I did not because I wasn't as oh. big of a, a gamer. Sure. Books. In 1996, Marvel released the limited series called X-Men vs. Brood, written by John Ostrander, with pencils by Brian Hitch. Okay. Oh, brood, so gross. You're not a fan of the Brood? Nobody's a fan of the Brood. They're like... They're creepy, hideous insect monsters. <laughs> That just like infect people and turn them into brood. Mm. And they just like rip people to pieces and like they're just very bad. Wow. Sounds gross. Okay. okay. The X-Men were versus them. It does sound gross. I bet the X-Men win. That's my guess. No spoilers. <laughs> just a guess. <laughs> all right. The Marvel t- Universe <laughs> is now populated exclusively by brood. It's all just brood. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yep. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Uh, I hate to spoil the good times we're all having here today, but this is a downer of a beyond the zip code, everyone. So just be prepared. Denise Dows, who played Principal Yvonne Teasley throughout the run of Beverly Hills 90210. So we'll see her many more times in our rewatch here. 
Uh, she had a successful career in film and television with standout roles in shows like The Guardian, Charmed, Criminal Minds, The X-Files, and Insecure. Uh, part of the reason why we had to skip a week of episodes was because I was working the election. And on that day, I was watching Insecure, and there was a bunch of episodes with her in him in there as the therapist. So I was like, oh, look at that, Denise Dow's. Uh, and all the all the more sad because she just passed away on August thirteenth, twenty twenty two, at the age of sixty four. Oh, did wow, I? That's young. Did I yeah. know this? Did I miss it's, this somehow? It came quick. She was in the hospital. She was hospitalized in a coma with uh, complications from meningitis and died <gasps> uh, very quickly. Yeah. That, meningitis is my worst fear. Yeah. Meningitis. I am always terrified. I'm like, oh, I have a headache. It's this is it. This is meningitis. Yeah, yeah. it's that's, scary stuff. No. It, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of notice about it. Her sister posted some stuff online to kind of let people know, and then it just, you know, days later she'd passed wow. away. So yeah, pretty, that's so sad. Tragic and fast turnaround. Yeah, uh, I have a quote here from Ian Ziering. He posted on Instagram when the news broke. Uh, he says, "This is insanely heartbreaking. Throughout all my years working on Beverly Hills 90210, my scenes with Denise will always be remembered with the utmost and respect for her talent and fondness for the loving soul she was. Some of my heartiest off-camera laughs came." off-camera laughs were between she and I hammering out the discipline her Mrs. Teasley would dish out to my Steve Sanders. My sincere condolences to her family and all the others she was dear to. God bless you, Denise. Pay forward that legacy key. And that's Ian Ziering on Instagram. Wow. So, sad news. That's sad news. so sad. I know. I know. Wow. And I guess we just have to keep going after that sad news. So thanks for that, I'm Nick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's look at... Our synopsis for Turn Back the Clock. Okay. Claire returns from her New Year's Eve trip with the Chancellor and is regaled with the tales of the madcap adventures the gang had over the holiday, including a spat between Brandon and Susan when Susan's ex rolls into town, Colin's continued coke use. Who saw that coming? <laughs> I like that you capitalized coke in the notes here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Steve's Steve is a single dad to his teenage brothers. More Joe and Donna shenanigans with that bird, and the cores playing the Peach Pit after dark. What a holiday! Yeah, lot, lots of stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, all right, Nick. Who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Larry Mullen, directed by Graham Lynch. That was a name that I didn't recognize, so I went and took a look. This is the first of two episodes he'll direct. Uh, he also, concurrent with this, directed five episodes of the live-action Animorphs TV series. I know, yeah, Animorphs. <gasps> wow. Plus nine episodes of Tori Spelling's reality series, Tori and Dean, colon, Cabin Fever. That's the less fun reality series, I imagine? Yeah, probably. Not as fun. No. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Our guest cast includes. So this is a. I'm I'm counting this as a returning player because it is a recurring actor who's very connected to the series. Randy Spelling pops up here in a new role. So we'd re previous to this we'd seen him recur as Kenny. He was in three Beach Club episodes as sort of like uh, Kenny the Grunt in the Beach. Do you remember him, Kedra? Yes. Okay. Well, from now until the end of the series, we'll see him as Steve's brother, Ryan Sanders. He is the real-life brother of Tori Spelling and son of creator and producer Aaron Spelling. I did not realize that's who he was. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, when you know, you can tell. Like, he yeah, and Tori Spelling really look quite a lot alike. They have a lot of similar facial expressions I was noticing in this episode. He's the secret love child of Rush and, um, <laughs> crap, what's her name? Who? Felice. Donna's mom. Yeah. And we she did have a secret pregnancy, so that is that is very possible. True. 
Very true. Final appearance of Tembi Locke as Lisa Dixon, and it, that was a real blink and you miss it kind of they moment. They don't even like zoom in on her as the queen. I was like, no. give her some time. She gets no. nothing. You can kind of see her in shots of Donna. Like she is there. They're all wearing pink or, you know, probably rose color. And she's in a white dress at the top, but she doesn't have dialogue. She just is like there. So, yeah. So long, Tembi Locke. Uh, we have a few new recurring players. So Carl T. Evans as Jonathan Caston, and I'm very sad to say that we'll see him again. Uh, <laughs> after after his run on 90210, he'd appear as Dex on Melrose Place, and man, does he look like a recurring player on Melrose Place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He just is smarmy, and I don't know, something about that chin. Uh, he's best known for playing Alan Michael Spaulding on Guiding Light, which also sounds mm-hmm. exactly right. We have Travis Wester as Austin Sanders. He's best known for playing Harry Spangler on the long-running series Supernatural, a role he reprised in the web series spinoff Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers? Don't know what that is because I have not watched Supernatural, so don't ask me. Ghost Facers. Ghost Facers. And finally, we have The Cores. The cores were booked for uh, New Year's Eve. I read that they were on tour with Celine Dion, which already sounds weird, hmm. and somehow met Aaron Spelling and somehow got on 90210. Like, they took a break. Like, the tour had a day off, and so they flew to L.A., filmed this, and, like, flew back with Celine. Weird. This wow. is what I read. This is what I read. They must have been fans to do that. Apparently. So they play their first single, Forgiven, Not Forgotten, at the Peach Pit After Dark. It's from the album of the same name. It reached number one in Australia, number 131 in the U.S. Yeah, I hadn't heard of the cores in At the this, U.S. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is it is kind of a weird, like, here they are showing up. I mean, this must have been big time for them. It's their first album. I now. guess. I didn't realize that Forgiven Not Forgotten was their very first. When you look up any articles about Forgiven Not Forgotten, it was like, they sang this in an episode of 90210. <laughs> so I think for the cores uninitiated, that's sort of the... Uh, the, yeah. the pull yeah, there, this but. is the song of theirs that I know. It's like this and uh, and, breath- and Breathless. Um, breathless, yeah. yeah. The, I think those are the two. <laughs> I guess they also sing Auld Lang Syne, like at the, yeah. when the, when the oh, ball at the drops. end of the episode. Yeah. They're singing yeah. something while Brandon and Susan are fighting. That's true. But I yeah, don't know what, I didn't, I didn't know what song it was. Yeah. yeah. I didn't pick up on it. So where did you, like, how did you become a Gorse fan? If you weren't like while this was going on. Well, it, I'm trying to think when the year was, but it was when I was in London. Okay. They were, they had just done their um, Unplugged with MTV. Oh, okay. And so there were posters all over everywhere. Okay. And they just looked cool. They just had cool oh, posters. So just posters and that yeah, pulled your so I, Wow. So okay. I got their album and I was like, oh, well, I love this. Okay. <laughs> when I was Did studying you? in yeah. London. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was a subtle drop in there, wasn't it? <laughs> it's interesting because that's where I saw them and they didn't do anything in the U.S. I feel like both you and Eric have some connection to this. Like, did did one of you make an anime music video? Eric has some connection to the cores. Okay. I think, is it is it he saw a music video that had the cores in it or something? Yeah. Oh, boy. There, there if only like you that. had asked me before and there, I could ask him. All right. It's, well, anyway. It's something like that. Yes. Bleak. He's, yell- sure. he's yelling at, at his phone right now. He, he no. probably is. I feel like he saw an anime music video of the cores forgiven, not forgotten, and that like sparked creativity in him to make videos and things like that. That's what I think. Okay. That's what I'm, if this were a game show, I'm going to put that in, in as my final answer. All right. All right. And that's it. That's our cast. That's our cast for this episode. All right. Well, let's get into the episode then. 
Now, do you actually have the opening to this or, or did it jump right into the... Uh... I did not. So if there was an opening, you'll have to tell us about it. All right. So yes, there is there is an opening. We kind of start with Brandon and Steve pulling the Christmas tree out, just like being sick of it. There's uh, there's clips from the Rose Parade because it's already happened. Like in the frame story, it's already happened. So they're watching TV clips with the Rose Parade. The guy on the screen says it was Baywatch with blossoms, which doesn't seem super respectful. Hmm. But uh, that that is. What does that mean? I don't know. I is guess it just like because it's California, and also there are roses. I guess I thought that it was like pretty women, but and the not, parade. They're wearing dresses. They're wearing dresses. Yeah, I can, I don't know. Okay. I can't. I can't speak the ninety seconds. It looks to me like it was a clip from a real news coverage of that. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Some no. of the clips of the Rose Parade did look kind of legit. Yeah. And so the close-ups didn't. So yeah, maybe. But so they're watching this. Uh, Claire comes back as Steve and Brandon are ditching the tree. She notices Steve's black eye right away. Uh, and Brandon starts to tell the story about uh, everything that happened. And we get a long shot of Susan and Jonathan like making out. And then it's banana, banana. Oh, I a little bit of sizzle. It is, yeah. I wondered if the black eye was one of those things where, like, he just had a black eye, yeah. and so they wrote it into the story. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it seems more integrated. Than I that. mean, they've done that before. There was the time Jenny Garth had, like, oral surgery, and they worked a thing in, and there was Somebody a time... Somebody had a, a hurt arm yeah, at one Steve point. Yeah, Steve had, like, a cast at one point, yeah. yeah. I mean, the way he gets the, the black eye in the episode is stupid, so it's possible that that happens. <laughs> but yeah, the opening is just setting up that we're going to have a frame story and we go right into it. Yeah, well, I started at the intro and then when it goes back, it's just Brandon, Steve and Claire are like, and who made out with who? And I was like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so throughout this episode, we're going to get flashbacks to what happened on New Year's Eve. So our first one, we flash back to the Walsh house. Steve is very unhappy because he is babysitting his teenage half-brothers yeah. who we knew existed before <laughs> this episode. I think there was some comment about Rush having other kids at some point. But, I mean, they also said that Andrea had a sibling. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Steve is unhappy. He didn't want to do it in the first place, but he walks outside to get the paper and the whole house is TP'd. Um, which he's very unhappy about. So Austin and Ryan come downstairs, and I guess they TP'd the house because he wouldn't I, let them borrow his Corvette? Yeah, that seems to be the case, which uh, not a great plan. Not a great plan. No. Have you guys ever TP'd or done something to someone's lawn? No. I really? don't think so. I I'm have. a golden child. No, you've TP'd someone's house? No, we didn't. I don't I bet think it's we TV. We, we went to <laughs> no. It was like with my theater people, and I can't even remember mm -hmm. whose house we went to. But we saran wrapped someone's car, <laughs> and I can't remember. There used to be this thing people would do where you take instant mashed potatoes and you sprinkle it all over the yard. So when they try to like get rid of it, it turns yeah. into potatoes. Makes mashed potatoes. That's a I great plan. I can't remember if we did that, but we definitely saran wrapped someone's car. Um, mm -hmm. And then I've had people do things, friends of mine do things to, to my yard as well. Yeah, plus people are always driving onto your property and slamming into your cars. And <laughs> I know, away. yeah. It's super fun. I love it. That's not even a joke, people. That happened twice. Twice. Oh. In two different states, two, two different, different cars. States. 
That's right. Yeah, the whole thing. I do remember when I was in high school, there was a story like in the newspaper where someone for weeks had been going around stealing garden gnomes. And then one night they put like all of them in one big yard in the center of town. <laughs> and so there were like hundreds of garden gnomes and it made like the front page of the paper. That, that yeah, patience. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good joke. Yeah, the payoff there is pretty good. <laughs> all right. So Steve makes them clean it up, obviously, because they TP'd the house. Brandon Steve kind of- Steve is old manning hard. <laughs> it's really is. funny. Is. It's yeah. really funny. Brandon is like picking on him about having to watch his brothers. Um, and he gets a call from Susan, who says that her ex-boyfriend, Jonathan Caston, is in town. Yeah. He was the editor of The Condor before she was. Yeah. And it's instantly awkward. He is going to be sta- staying through New Year's. And Susan then tries to beg off going to Colin's party with Brandon yeah. later. And he's like, no, I want you to come to the party with right, me. Yeah. Um, Had we seen this ex-boyfriend before? No, we, we, have we haven't seen him. him. Yeah, we, we've talked about him quite a bit. Okay. Like they have, you know, history, I guess. But I don't, even with this episode, I don't really understand the nature of their relationship. It's it's very weird. It's one of, it's one of those things where by the end of the episode, they're is no reason she shouldn't be telling Brandon what the deal is. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not particularly interesting to me, so I don't remember exactly how it plays out. But she's acting like she killed a drifter and he hid the body. Yeah. Yes. She acts like he has something on yeah. her. And that Brandon just would never understand. He, yeah. He never, they, they just, they, it burns too hot. It was weird. It was Why weird. Why does start. Never tell her? Yeah. What but, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know it's a lot of baffling decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we learned that New Year's Eve, Colin is having a party at his house for yeah, so weird. some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But then there's later a New Year's Eve party at the Peach Pit After Dark. So there's two parties going on. Two parties going on. And Colin is still like faculty at the college at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. We have not talked about that at all since he like took the job. Nope. Okay. Valerie makes a comment that she's very excited for this New Year's Eve because she's never been with someone that she loves and like been able to kiss them, you know, at midnight. But now she's got David and she's very yeah, excited about that. He's great. Yeah, I'm sure it'll all work out for her. Yep. David and Valerie. Oh, my gosh. Valerie is just I mean, she's an agent of chaos, as we've said many a times, but she is so far out of David's league. It's really weird to see them together. Yeah. You know, and he's so awful to her. He's just so like, come on, Bill. I don't know. I hate it. I I hate it. Similar, not about the like out of their league or whatever, with Steve and Claire. I just don't see it. Oh, see, I do kind of like They're both weird pairings, but I like them both. Oh, you like them both? Yeah, I like them both. All right. Back in the, the present... Valerie yes. comes downstairs and is like, oh, Claire, you're back from San Diego. Uh, Claire was with the chancellor in San Diego yeah. for, for New Year's. Which is a weird moment in itself because they hate each other. Yeah. And they seem very, very chummy. Oh, my best friend, you're back. <laughs> Claire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then someone brings up uh, the bird, Donna's bird. And that it flew the coop and Claire is being blamed. And Claire's like, I wasn't even here. What the heck? Right. 
So we flash back to New Year's Eve at Kelly Donna Claire's. Steve and Claire are trying to make out in bed, but that yeah, we'll bird, say make out. We'll say yeah. make out. Well, she says when we're kissing. Take so. a nap. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but the bird is being so loud in the next room that it, it's really bugging Claire. Joe is fixing the bird's cage um, to make sure it stays closed because it's broken. And he, and says he'll, broken. Yeah, he says he'll get a new cage after New Year's. I feel like there's a lot in these scenes that feels like something literally did just happen. And we just missed it. Right, yeah. right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, like the whole thing with the cage doesn't feel like the beginning of a scene where now we're, we're going to yeah. fix the cage because that has impact later in the episode. It feels like someone tripped over the cage. Yeah. And then they turned on the cameras and they were like, hey, got to fix the yeah. cage. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a disjointedness to the whole thing. Like I don't understand the purpose of the frame story. And it, it, yeah, I mean, it sort of feels like they filmed a complete episode and then someone like lost one of the film reels and yeah. they were just like, oh my gosh, quick, let's make a frame story to explain these missing scenes because it's not organic. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of them. I mean, that's one of the places. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue feels just very like loose and like almost unscripted sometimes, especially yeah. Brandon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting vibe to this episode. Yeah, yeah. So Claire comes in and is like, hey, can you shut the bird up? And (laughs) they kind of joke like, oh, we're fixing the cage because we wouldn't want it to fly away. And Claire's like, yeah, that would be awful. Awful. So bad. Back in the present, Claire swears that she didn't touch the cage. Yes. She doesn't know what happened. Um, David then comes in and is like, I don't want to hear any more about this bird because he had his own thing with the bird on New Year's Eve. So the next flashback is to the party at Colin's house. Valerie and Colin are talking and David like comes in and rips Valerie away from Colin. Yeah. Yeah. To which she's like, you know, what the heck? But David, it's funny that David is always worried that Valerie is going to do cocaine. And Kelly is always worried that... Valerie is going to give Colin cocaine. Right. Yeah. None, none of that is really happening. Right, yeah. right. It's like uh, we all agree that if cocaine is involved, it's probably from Valerie. <laughs> Let's not look into it further and act accordingly. Yeah. You know? We got to remember that this whole scene started with David saying that Valerie got all attitude with him. And then you right. see right. the entire scene play out, presumably the way he's narrating yeah. it. And it's... Just a thousand percent his fault. His fault. fault. Yeah, it's his fault. Yeah, he comes in hot. This is a weird production scene, but I just could not take my eyes off of it. Every time there's like an outside shot or you see like out the door or out the balcony, it's like they're in some temporal nexus. Like there's no background. It's just solid (laughs) white. Listen, I looked a little closer and I think it was an overcast day. Like, I think they're looking at outside, like, past the trees, and it's overcast. Maybe. I don't know. To me, it just looked like there was, it was just a set on a soundstage, (laughs) which it probably, maybe it was, but, like, it was just weird. Did you see that at all, Kendra? Yeah, no, it did. I was like, it's very, just, like, bright and white in this this room. Right, like, is Colin's party on the sun? It's just, (laughs) it was very distracting. So they fight for a bit and then they kiss and make up. David is off to go have dinner with his mom, I think, is where he's going. Um, But he's going to meet Valerie at the club afterwards. Right. So now we're at, no, we're at Colin's thing still. Sorry. Susan is on the phone trying to, 
she's trying to find a date for Jonathan. Right. To the party later and having no success. And she's like, oh, well, he knows the cores are playing. He likes the cores. And so he's going to be there. And Brandon is not having a fun time with this. He's like, why is no. it your responsibility to, like, be his social director, Julie right, McCoy? Right. <laughs> yeah. I figured that out. I figured that out, by the way. Julie McCoy is from The Love Boat. Yeah. She, the Love I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I had to look it up. I didn't quite catch that. My, I feel like I know that because my parents used to call my mom Julie McCoy, like when she would like be in charge of things. Okay. She'd huh. be like, I'm Julie McCoy. So that's like the only reason I knew who that you was. getting a deep cut Love Boat reference. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. The body swap. Yes. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I'm looking it up and Kendra's like, oh, yes, of course. You know, 70s the television. Love Boat. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of cocaine, Colin does have some on him and he yeah. gives it to Valerie and says, you know, if Kelly finds me with this, it's going to be a whole thing. Could you hold on to it for me? And she agrees. Why? I just she should have she should have flushed it when he gave it to yeah. her. Yeah. Why didn't she this do is that? The beginning of of an attitude from her in this episode that I've seen before and that never makes sense to me, where it seems like she's she's just trying to help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like she just needs people to understand the situation. Yep. She's just trying to fix the situation, and she's just a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. Who only wants to destroy things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like she fully believes that she is a saint. Who yeah. only wants to fix Colin when really she's like hiding in corners trying to accost him and like make out with him without Kelly knowing right, or with right, Kelly knowing. Right, right. Yeah. It's very strange. It is strange. And we've clocked that before that it's like there are certain times where they're like, no, 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 Valerie's good. She was like a villain. Yeah. She, she, like try to, yes. try to fix him. Yes. Which it was to me, it was a little bit more believable. But I think if you, if you, you know, flip over to Melrose Place for a minute, they were not afraid to have characters be outright villains mm -hmm. and make the outright villains not only like primary characters, but like the primary yep. character. <laughs> and on 90210, it's like, no, 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 Valerie's gone. We have to make her redeemable. We have to make her relatable. And they toss something on here like this. In the next episode, she's just going to be right back to like scheming Valerie. And it's just, there's no through line. I mean, they, they could do that if they would just acknowledge that it was out of character or like right. she wants to help in this situation. I know I'm not usually like this, but yeah, but that's not what it is yeah. at all. No. She's just a different person. Right. Right. Yeah. I know it's weird. It's weird. Kelly walks in and sees them talking closely and Colin has his arm on or his hand on Valerie's arm and she's yeah. not thrilled about that. But uh, she goes over and immediately pats him down. She's like, what do you got in yeah. your pockets? She's not playing around. And he's like, I don't have anything. I love that it's cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not pot or yeah. something. Like they treat it in a casual way. Yeah. Which I guess maybe in the 90s. I think definitely. I think more so. Yeah. Just like this is hard drugs. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And I feel like Kelly's whole attitude about it. I mean, she was really mad in the Christmas episode and he was like, it was it. Remember, it was just it was just a little coke for Christmas, you know, and now she still is kind of suspicious of him, but in like a playful way. Yeah. yeah. I don't. It's a weird episode, you guys. Yeah, it is. We get another little scene in the present where Claire is like, well, then what happened? Then what happened? And um, she asks, how did Steve get a black eye? Which we don't find out for a little bit. So we go to the Peach Pit After Dark, 
where the cores are singing forgiven not forgotten andrea the uh the lead is okay. holding her tin whistle like the whole time yeah but she never plays it never plays it <laughs> no. huh there's a whole solo there's a tin whistle solo in that song and i was like oh cool she's gonna play no she doesn't yeah it's it is weird i had i need to ask you this hillary valerie specifically says that david turned her on to the cores do you see david as being a cores fan well i don't okay but the cores are kind of like a like a euro techno kind oh. of thing usually okay this is the <laughs> yeah i first heard them in their unplugged set right which is unplugged yeah and it's very acoustic and mm -hmm. cool but most of what they do is is more like poppy techno-y kind of huh. stuff so there's a way in which i could sort of see him being like you know the this, they're this european hmm. group that i'm into but it's not it's not like r&b yeah or whatever yeah vibe he's got right he needs a mic check he needs a mic check okay all right all right um, asked and answered but yeah as they were singing this i w i was also thinking like weird weird song for the peach pit new year's eve party like woo new year's yeah. eve and they're singing yeah. forgiven not forgotten but whatever uh, Austin and Ryan are, they trick the doorman into going to, to check with Steve if they can come in and then they just go in uh, a terrible doorman. to the party. Yeah, he's not a good doorman. His his thing is to just like leave the door. I'll go check. You stay, you stay here. right here right and I will here. leave the door unguarded. <laughs> Jonathan is being a complete creeper and watching Susan and Brandon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and then he walks over and joins them at their table and makes a comment about, oh, I'm so tired from being wherever I was doing a story and I have my hotel bed waiting for me with my name on it. He also makes a comment that he's been enjoying Brandon's columns because he has yeah. a subscription to the condor and so he's been reading brandon's stuff and brandon's like okay sure yeah why not? why not yeah yep and valerie is sad because david is not there where's david you ask he's helping donna <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently for like hours <laughs> like hours upon hours he's in that tree her. for like three hours at least it has to be it has to be yeah crazy so the bird got out and it's in a tree now and so david is trying to get the bird down with very little luck joe is at some function and he's going to be coming but david's helping until he gets there and they have like this cute little like anything for a friend and donna says you know you're more you'll always be more than a friend and he's like i know <laughs> feels inappropriate to me a little <laughs> yeah a little. yeah it's it's weird yeah okay. yep back in the present claire is still trying to jump ahead and they ask her do you always read the last page of a book first and she says yeah of course i do i don't buy that i don't buy that that's madness my dad does that. people always say that kind of thing but like DJ Midnight Master Blaster does it, so he, some people do. He do does. It. Possibly glean from one page he, at the very end of a book. I gave my dad kind of. I mean, there was a book and it had some intense stuff in it, and so he he doesn't love intense stuff, so he like skipped to the end just to make sure that it was going to end up okay, so then he could go back oh. and read the stressful stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "That's insanity! What are you doing?" It is. It is. But I really just don't buy it from Claire. I mean, yeah. her like super smart intellectual thing that she has. I just don't see that. It does seem like the kind of thing she'd say, though. Yeah, I suppose. Kind of, like seem brisk. I suppose. Yeah. 
So then she asks, well, what happened with your brothers? And Steve continues the story. So we go back to the Peach Pit After Dark. Austin and Ryan are having the time of their lives on the dance floor. And Steve sees them and is annoyed that they're there. But then Nat says, like, oh, I let them in. It's fine. Why does he say, did he... Does no. he think he let them in or is he like trying to protect No, no, them? no. So what happened was the guy went to check with Nat and said some of Steve's brothers are here. And Nat thought that he meant frat brothers who are over 21. And so he was like, oh, okay, let him in. So Nat still thinks but that we're talking about. Yes, Nat, but Nat still thinks they're talking about frat brothers. So no, it didn't really like the, the, the doorman was like, oh, okay. All right. They're already in. It's fine. Nat says it's fine. So that's how it all went down. So Steve sees them causing some trouble, getting handsy with some some females on the dance floor. And so he goes to to kick them out and they run away from him. So he asks Kelly to come and help, like, catch them because they like Kelly. Yeah. See, I'd watch that hijinks more than yeah. Yeah. Like Susan. I agree. Yeah. Kelly and, and Steve trying to like pin down these little monsters. Exactly. But I think that's another nice little bit of continuity to tell us that like, yes, these siblings have always been a part of things because they like Kelly back from the day where Steve and Kelly were like a thing. So, you know, I think that's, I like that. Now alone, Colin goes to find Valerie and demands she give him his cocaine back, which she does not want to do, but she has it with her still. Right. She could have done anything with it, but she gives it back to him. Yeah. He's not great. I mean, we talked about this in the Christmas thing, but he's not great at being like coked out acting wise. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was a little he was a little like, hey, everybody. But this time he was really just like, what's up? Oh, hey, I'm on coke. Ugh. It was just like not good. It was yeah. not good. Yep. Steve successfully kicks the the boys out of the peach pit, which they're yes. not happy about. Jonathan is trying to tell Susan and Brandon about him being at Lollapalooza, but Susan excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And Brandon's like, you know what? I didn't like you at first, but you're all right. And Jonathan's like, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm here to win Susan back because I love her. Yeah. And he, he asks, like, did she tell you why we broke up? And Brandon says, no. And Jonathan says, well, that that's makes sense because it's pretty personal. Right. And then Brandon's like, oh, performance problems. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do like how Brandon reacts to this whole thing because yeah. he, he kind of remains very much in control of the situation. Because yeah. he, he's like aggressive towards the guy, but also sort of dismissive. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah, he's definitely like pissed, but he does treat the guy as more of a nuisance than yeah. an actual threat. Yeah, I, I like that, too. So Brandon's like, well, OK, so what are you wanting me to do? And Jonathan says, it doesn't, I don't care what you do. You're irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Susan and I have this bond and you can't get in the way of it. That's right. Susan comes back and Brandon, to get her away from Jonathan, goes to dance with her. He volunteers to dance. She Which... says, so who? But, but Susan opens it to both of them. She's like, all right. Who, who wants, wants to dance? To dance? Yeah. My boyfriend or my ex-boyfriend? <laughs> In front of my boyfriend. Yep. And Brandon's like, that's me. Yeah, I noticed that too. And the gang kind of comments on it in the flash. Yeah, we don't get to see it, but they go, we flash back to the present. Well, and Claire's like, oh my goodness, you danced. And everyone's like, yeah, it was crazy. We have seen Jason Priestley dance in the past, and it's probably for the best that we didn't see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 
back to New Year's Eve trying to catch the bird. David um, has given up because Joe is now there. And he goes to use Donna's car phone to call Valerie because it is literally midnight. midnight. Yeah, it's like midnight. He stayed until midnight. He tries to call her. She doesn't answer. No, not cool at all. So he tries to call. She doesn't answer. And we go back to the peach pit where everyone's like, Happy New Year. And we just see Valerie standing there. So sad. She's by herself. I did, I did genuinely feel for her in that moment. I did she, too. She seemed very sad. Yeah. I mean, it's her club, you know, like it's her whole thing, and everybody's like kissing and having a good time, and she's just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Brandon and Susan are kissing while Jonathan watches them from afar. Yeah. He sure does. He sure does, Kendra. The cores are singing Auld Lang Syne. Colin and Kelly are talking about, you know, yay, a new year. We love each other. Well, of course. Kelly wants to leave because they have to wake up early for the parade the next day, but Colin is not ready to leave yet. And so he walks her out. She says, I'll pick you up in the morning. Weird that he stays. Like, I thought it was strange that she'd be cool with him staying also. But yeah, very weird. She she genuinely seemed fine. She was like, no, you don't have to drive me home. You just stay here and party on New Year's with Valerie while I leave. <laughs> Jonathan then comes to say goodbye to Susan. Oh. And he, like, makes out with her in front of Brandon. Yeah. It's a very weird scene. Like, Brandon just kind of watches them. Susan doesn't not kiss him back. No. No. Yeah, her posture is looking like she's pushing him away, but she's not. She is not at at all. No, no. So that that is the clip that you see in the in the like the sizzle before the credits. Ah, gotcha. You see that you see the kiss. And yeah, I mean, even watching it twice, it's like this is not a person who's trying to avoid being kissed. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's trying to look like she's avoiding being kissed. But like, I don't know. It's like her butt is moving forward as her lips are moving towards him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Brandon eventually is like, uh, the frick stop <laughs> don't do this and susan susan says you know calm down brandon don't make a big deal out of me making out with my ex-boyfriend in front of you yeah. just a little sustained open mouth kissing in front of your your current love but sure and then jonathan goes to leave and susan doesn't want him to leave angry so she goes after him like brandon's like just let him go. And she's like, I can't. Right. And she goes after yeah, him. She can't. They have a bond. They have a bond. They have a bond. They broke up for personal reasons. Usually people break up for very public reasons, mm-hmm. as I recall. Corporate. But corporate, the, reasons. corporate reasons. But theirs were personal, which is unique. Yep. <laughs> All right. Back in the present, Brandon is, you know, feeling regretful that he let Jonathan get to him like that. Steve. Which is weird because Brandon didn't do anything. Yeah, he, like, I mean, yeah, he reacted. The whole acts like he's like flying off the handle. Yeah. He can fly off the handle. Yeah, he's allowed to. Yeah, but no, he's not even acting jealous. He's acting like, "What is happening? Like, why is this <laughs> happening right now? And why is it continue to happen?" He's not. He's not coming hot on Jonathan before Jonathan does anything. Yeah, but he also never tells Susan. Right, yeah. Which was your point earlier. Like, he doesn't tell Susan that Jonathan is like, no, I'm here to get you out of the picture. I want her back. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty vital piece of information for yeah. her. Not he acts like he's being unreasonable, which right. he's not, regardless. No. You know, you know never, what this like, feels you know, like? 
What? It, it feels like, Hillary, you'll probably get this. Like, it feels like a manga where there's like, there's in a yes. manga, there's always like the girl and then there's always the two guys who are after the girl. And they're like, mm-hmm. they all know that they're both after the girl. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Because yeah. Th- but a manga, like, it's not no, real life. It's no like, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. Uh, we learn a gross fact about Steve that at midnight he and Claire were having phone sex in the in the office. Such an unnecessary fact. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. But we learned it. We learned it. <laughs> yeah. So Brandon hasn't talked to Susan since this happened the night bef- before? What day how many days have passed in the present? It's January second. Okay. So a couple of days. A couple of days. So they yeah. haven't talked since and Brandon and Valerie kind of follows him out of the room to talk to him more and he says you know I think it's on her to call me like and if she doesn't she doesn't yeah agreed agreed last thing he said was have a nice life that's well have we done that scene I think that's in the later scene right so so yeah well no but But yes that would have been the last thing it has already happened Mm -hmm. we just haven't seen it yet yeah yeah yep but she doesn't you know I guess we'll wait till we get there but she lets that hang anyway I liked the little sibling moment between Valerie and Brandon. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was nice. Austin and Ryan come downstairs and want breakfast and make sure Valerie knows that she looks really hot today. Really good. Looking good. Yeah. Her reactions to both times are so funny. They're so funny. She's like not offended or insulted. She's just kind of like, what? What did you say to me? (laughs) Who are you? Why are you here? This is really funny. They, th- those two, like their energy, their look, the whole thing reminded me so much of that episode where Brenda and Kelly go on the date with Seth Green and oh, Seth yeah. Green's friend. Yeah. Like the floppy hair and the whole like, you're so pretty vibe. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is making a big deal about how the they're going to be in so much trouble when Rush is back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Valerie's like, you're not really going to get them in trouble are you and he's like yes i am because <laughs> back at the peach pit after dark on new year's eve steve comes outside to find shaving cream all over his car he's not thrilled yeah he is not and then as he's going back inside the peach pit he gets hit in the face with the door and that's how he gets a black eye that's how you get a black forehead i don't know if that really i know i was like what angle to give him a black it's eye. like way underneath his... I mean, it's a punch. It's definitely like the look of a punch, not a not a flat surface collision, but, you know, whatever. Surely they could have come up with a better... Like, they maybe yeah. there could have been a fight and Steve, like, got in the middle of it and he got punched right. in the face or something. Right, yeah, yeah. But no. Yeah, no. Colin comes outside and he is high. He's loving life. Yeah. He yeah. is. He's, he's kissing, kissing people. Yeah, he's kissing yeah. random strangers on the mouth. Yep. He kisses Valerie on the mouth before she puts him in a car to to take him home. At right after they leave, David arrives and he is upset because number one, Valerie is with Colin, and number two, he's been stuck at a sobriety checkpoint for like an hour because the cops are, you know, trying to make sure no one's driving drunk on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that was an excuse. Well, but they get stopped at a sobriety yeah, stop. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think no, it I was think, real. I think that's true because they say something like it's one o'clock or something. Like mm-hmm. when, when Colin's leaving, he's like, it's only one. And the chorus are going to keep singing, I guess, all through the night. I, I was going to say, I did like how Nat 
tried to stop Valerie from driving Colin. Mm. He was like, don't, you don't want any part of this. Just put him in a cab. And she's like, oh, there are no cabs. I gotta go, blah, blah, blah. But David being mad at Valerie after he blew her off on New Year's Eve for literally hours so he could chase Donna's bird is madness to me. He's got no right. David's the worst? Yes, David's the worst. (laughs) David is as bad as his haircut right now, and that's pretty bad. (laughs) So Colin and Valerie do immediately get stopped at a sobriety checkpoint, and she says, do you have stuff on you? Because we need to get rid of it. And he says, no, I don't have anything. The cop checks her out, checks him out, and is like, all right, you know, keep going. And Colin's like, haha, I had stuff in your ashtray the whole time. Which Valerie was not happy so about. Oh, funny, Colin. <laughs> Hilarious. Back in the present, Claire is like, wow, you were really lucky that they didn't search your car. And Okay, this is, I don't know if they meant for it to be like this, but now with Valerie telling everyone this story. Now the whole gang knows that Colin's continuing to openly use cocaine. Mm. And are we all just agreeing to keep this from Kelly? Like everyone I is going to keep thought, this from Kelly? I thought the exact same thing. I mean, I guess Kelly kind of knows, kind of, because but of stuff that happens later. But she doesn't know that everyone knows. Yeah. She doesn't know that this is like a common thing. And I feel like, you know, she talks about her mom in this episode. I don't think that's a thing she'd want out there. And I definitely don't think she would be cool with Claire and Valerie and everybody sitting around the table talking about, like, Colin's drug use. So I feel like they didn't think that through. Mm-hmm. It just I, seemed yeah, like it stuck out she's to me telling as the well. story. It was very weird. Well, speaking of Kelly and Donna, they arrive and they, they don't, I guess they kind of stop the cocaine talk as Kelly walks in. They talk about the bird And Claire says, you know, Donna, it wasn't me. And Donna says, well, don't worry. Joe found the bird this morning and we've decided to donate it to an aviary. What the heck? That that makes no sense. That makes no sense because Joe spent how many months like training this bird? Like he bought the bird and she had it for all of what? A week. A week. week. Yeah. December 25th to January 2nd. Yep. Well, that leads in well to the next scene. At their house, Kelly Donna Claire's. Joe is upset at David for not being able to catch the bird, but he's right. also upset at Donna because she's like, it's just a bird. Like, I have to go to bed. I'm in the rose court. I'm in the parade. And like, they're coming yeah. to get me in like an hour. Like, I need to yeah. get ready. And yeah. he's like, you don't care about this bird. Do you know how much work I put into this bird? And they have a fight and he leaves with the birdcage and is like, you know, she she it says, don't of, bother coming to the parade if this is your attitude. Yeah, it it almost felt like a breakup. You know, it felt almost as severe as like, you know, Brandon's have a great life or whatever. But I mean, I guess it's not. But it definitely seemed like an intense, weird fight to have about a bird. It's about what the bird means. It's a, you're right. It's a, it's a symbol. It's a bird is a symbol. Love. Right. It's about love. It's about love. Kelly goes to pick up Colin for the parade and he is sleeping off his night of cocaine. Yeah, I don't really know the, uh, I mean, I assume you have a cocaine hangover, right? I would assume. Hillary? <laughs> Thanks for coming to me. I, I mean, curious. I don't think you, the next day you just feel fresh as a daisy. I mean, right, I, I feel right. like you have. Uh... Yeah. Guys, Was I remember yes. the other day I texted you because I had accidentally ingested so much caffeine caffeine yes caffeine i had just like listeners i had 
packets <laughs> that I that were in a gift bag that was given to me, like the little like crystal light flavor packets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of them I did not know was a caffeine boost that had <sighs> as much caffeine as is in a Monster Energy drink. Oh and my so gosh. I put it in my water and chugged it you know, in 20 minutes. And in the next 20 minutes, I was like, I'm dying. I am going to die. Like I was sweating profusely. And I my whole body was like shaking. And I was in a zoom meeting for work. And I couldn't I couldn't do and I hadn't eaten. I hadn't eaten the whole day. Oh, my so God. I was on oh an gosh. empty stomach Jeez. and I was like, I'm going to die on this Zoom. And Dude, I didn't the- I didn't start feeling normal again until that. Like I took it at 1.30 and I didn't start feeling normal again until like nine o'clock at night. Well, that's the diet of a long haul trucker. So <laughs> I understand why it would take some time to shake off. Just could not. I was like, this is the craziest reaction to a flavor thing. And then I looked it up and I was yeah. like, oh, my goodness. This so I much had, caffeine. Uh, I, I, the only time I've ever had one of those things, I was the best man in a wedding. It was of Steve, of Steve Rudd, my co-host over on The Sandorian ah. Life. I was the best man in his wedding. And it was a super long day of like, we, we went to all these different places to get pictures and stuff. So it was fun. But like we were exhausted because we'd been up really late the night before. And I was like, we still have the wedding and all this stuff to go through. So I was like, oh, I'll try like a like an energy drink. And I did, and I thought my heart was gonna explode. I used to drink Monster Energy drinks and I stopped because they would make me feel like I was having a heart attack. Yeah, but the that gift was bag, truly the one and only time. <laughs> the gift bag that it was in was for a wedding. I was a bridesmaid. And so yeah. they'd like put all this stuff in there and I just, I just had no idea what it was. Anyway, so Colin is sleeping it off. He has a major headache and he's like, I'm not going to the parade. Obviously, I have a headache. And this is where Kelly says, you know, I picked up my addict mother off the floor. I'm not going to do the same for you. And he tries to get up and be like, all right, I'm coming. But then he just falls back asleep. Pretty intense. Pretty intense dropping the addict mother line on him like that. Yeah. So Kelly's not happy. Brandon, back in the present, says that he did go to call Susan. That's right. But that she like wasn't there the whole night. She wasn't in her room. So he went to the Condor on New Year's Day to do some work and like, you know, keep himself busy. But Susan and Jonathan were there. And this is where she should she should tell him anything. But any any words, any words would be helpful. Not, yeah, she doesn't tell him any. She she says, you know, there's no more between me and Jonathan than there is between you and Kelly, <laughs> which touche. But Brandon is like, well, you know, I'm not making out with Kelly in front of you. So, <laughs> yeah, right. They did play Rock'em Sock'em Robots at Dylan's house one time. One time. And one they time. did have the overnight and they did have the overnight movie marathon. Yeah. Yep. At the last the last time there was a holiday. But other than that. Totally different. Jonathan says that their old advisor wants to have lunch with them or something. And so she leaves with Jonathan again. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, so I should go. And and she's like, yeah. And he was like, well, he'd really like to see you too. And she's like, good point. Peace out, Brandon. So And 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 Hillary, this is where she, Brandon is like, you know, goodbye forever, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't say no. He's also very cool and like in control there. He she goes to explain and he was like, I know who he is and I know he's very ill. Like he doesn't put up a fight mm-hmm. or anything. He's not being unreasonable, which is weird because Brandon is usually the first one to like overturn a table or something when he's angry. But not this time. Yeah, not this time. So Brandon turns on the parade, which is a nice segue to now we're at the parade. 
and we're, you know, everyone's watching the floats and David and Valerie arrive. Valerie sits next to Kelly. Kelly says that she made a New Year's resolution not to talk to Valerie anymore. Valerie says, whatever happened with Colin, I had nothing to do with it. I don't do cocaine. Which is not exactly true because she did give him the cocaine. She did. She had it from him, held it for a long time, gave it back to him, drove him home while she again had control of the cocaine, gave it back to him, then left him there and took it. A lot of time where she could have intervened. So to prove to Kelly that she is telling the truth, she gives Kelly a vial of his cocaine. Cocaine, okay. yeah. So he had I like multiple Kelly's reaction. That... Yeah, because like she gives she gives Kelly the cocaine, and she's just so visibly like, "What the? I don't. Yeah, I, what do I do? Why am I holding cocaine at the Rose Parade?" And she's like, "Why didn't you just flush it? Why didn't you get rid of it?" And Valerie says, "Because I wanted you to believe me." And I'm washing my hands like you deal with it. He's your boyfriend. The only thing she says in there that I think, yeah, that makes sense. She says, you deal with it. Let him deny it if he wants to. You know, it's sort of like a because she knows that Kelly knows. But yeah, again, it's another like the attitude from Valerie there is really just like, hey, I'm just trying to be a good neighbor. I'm just trying to be a helpful, good sport. You know, we're gal pals. We we stole a mascot together once, you know. Yeah. The Rose Court float finally arrives and Donna is waving. We see Lisa Dixon kind of in the back corner. She makes a little cameo, a silent cameo as the queen of the Rose Court. Yeah, everyone is admiring Donna and we see Joe came. He's in the stands and he's got a big sign that says Joe loves Donna. Like the bird. Yep, like the bird. All is forgiven. And then he flips the sign around and it just says damn bird. Yeah. Which... They've been saying that through the whole episode. I have to admit that I laughed out loud at that. (laughs) I thought that was funny. It was. It was. And he was just like, what are you going to do? Shucks. (laughs) I don't like Joe, you guys. I don't like Joe. I know you don't. We've we've talked about this. How do you feel about Joe? He feels feels like he's just uh, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a standard? Sort of. Yeah. He doesn't feel like a real character. Yeah. It's, well, that's that's what I was saying. It's like we've we've had like bad boy Ray, and now we just have instead of a person, we have like an archetype. You yeah. Know? It's just like Ray's gone, and now kind man is here. Hello, kind man. Let's date. <laughs> well, the only fleshing out of his fleshing out of his uh, character that we've gotten is like mild racism. So that that's was true. not helpful. That it's is true. Mild. Not, not super great. <laughs> yeah. Back in the present. Rush calls and Steve is like, here we go. I'm going to tell on them. It's going to be awesome. But Austin and Ryan are like, please don't. He always makes us feel so stupid and like we're failures. And that, you know, that hits Steve yeah. where he lives. Yeah. And That's so- right. <laughs> Kendra, that is exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so he does not tell on them. He says that they were great and he actually wants them to stay for another night. Yes. So uh, to th- to uh, thank him for for doing this, they agree to do yard work. Yeah. So the whole they, gang goes outside to watch them mow the lawn and rake the leaves. They mow and rake simultaneously. Yeah, so, that's not the way really to do it. You want to no, you want to do the leaves sense. first. Otherwise, you're yeah. mowing over the leaves. Right, and then, right, then you right. Can't rake them, yeah, so. a lot of problems to be had. Are a lot of leaves falling in December? I guess I don't really know the... Uh, in LA, probably I don't, I don't know, not. I don't know the LA seasons. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's fall, I guess. It's it's winter and fall. 
Susan arrives to talk to Brandon and they both say, you know, they missed each other. And she says that Jonathan has flown home and that nothing happened between them. Listen, you guys, I have an idea. Okay. Is Susan in the CIA (gasps) and that guy is her handler? Oh, Oh, perhaps. All right. I sense a spinoff of Brewing. I don't feel that there's any real apology in this. I don't really feel like Susan, other than just like... Jonathan and I have such a dark, hot, murky, hot sexual history. Yeah, Brandon says, what, is, what does he have over you? And she says, you wouldn't understand, but I love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's all that matters. He says, I love you. That's what I told him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then Jason Priestley does what he does, you know? Shot backs her face. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All is forgiven. The end. Yeah. And they uh, they very hardcore make out in the parking lot with uh, Steve's teenage siblings there. Guys, I wrote down corn shooters, and I want to know what that means. Does corn anyone know why I wrote shooters. why I wrote corn shooters. corn shooters? Listeners, why didn't Nick write corn shooters in his <laughs> notes? No one knows. In this scene, you wrote that. Yeah, I just wrote it's corn like shooters. The last thing on his the last thing I wrote just says corn shooters. Corn no shooters. idea. Corn I feel shooters. like maybe it's something Steve says or something. You, I'm a, you corn shooters. You've no idea. for the last time. Well, I feel like I know, but gang verdict? Hillary, you're our guest. What did you think? First of all, sorry we got you here thinking it was a Coors episode. It very much wasn't. <laughs> False pretenses. They, they are in it, but what did you think? How do you feel about this episode? I, listen, yeah. every time I guest on a podcast, yes. this is how it goes. Okay. And I feel like it doesn't reflect you're gonna great get a bad on rep. me. Yeah. I didn't love it. I yeah, I mean I think we're all on the same page. I thought it was a terrible episode, Kendra. It was it was just all over the place. It was it was, it was weird. Not my favorite. It was a mess. No, it's just it feels I mean it feels like a filler episode, you know, but it also does kind of push some plots forward. I don't understand the frame story. Like it's I think just what you said about it feeling like they had a full episode and then they had to make something work. That's yeah. the only thing that makes sense to me because that's what it feels like. It feels like that feels like a patch job. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't get it, but it's very weird. Yeah. Perhaps we'll never know. Perhaps we will never know. Kendra, what's your 90210 snap? Oh boy. Um, I guess I'll give it to the making Jonathan and Susan making out in front of Brandon. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Because it was yeah, just like, I, it went on for so long. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the scene with Kelly and Colin where she's like, I, you know, grab my attic mother off the floor. I'm not going to do it for you. But you're right. I mean, there's there's just something about Susan and, Brent, uh, Susan and Jonathan just so openly making out. I feel like in a normal episode, that yeah. Kelly line would 100% be it. But yeah. it's like the emotional impact wasn't there because right. they were just sort of tripping through all the various scenes. Yeah, and it also feels like Kelly wasn't really in this episode. Like, she was there, but she didn't have anything to do other than be mad at Colin that one time. Yeah. Well, so. he just, like, continues to do recreational yeah. cocaine. Right, right. Openly with everyone but her. It's her- Yeah, it's a clunker. It's a clunker. It's like that Jim Coach's baseball episode. I don't like it. I didn't like talking about it. I didn't like watching it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. You can't all Hillary, be winners. Uh, is there a Coors album you might recommend? Where do you think people should start if they want to get into the Coors based on their five seconds of singing here? That's a that's a tough question. Okay. Because my favorite and like the one that I like probably 
I, I don't know that I would like the cores based on their other albums. Oh, I like, see. I like their other albums now that I already like the cores. Yeah. But my vast preference is the unplugged. Unplugged. But if you're going to get into the cores, yeah. the unplugged is un, is atypical. Huh. So I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. What yeah, a conundrum. Yeah, I feel like yeah. okay. their sound, like even between the two songs I know, Breathless and Forgiven Not Forgotten, mm-hmm. is very different. Breathless is much more their usual speed. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay, so Good depending what you like, you can go different places. Okay, all right. Uh, well, you know, you can catch me every other week on the Sandorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. In our most recent episode, we we covered something that was a frame story. We talked about the uh, Lego Star Wars Lego Summer Vacation episode, which yeah, frame story. So fun. I guess I'm just covering frame stories all the time. So it's your new thing. what about you, Hillary? Where are you podcast wise? Uh, I'm over on also the video Meanwhile Network, yeah. previously on X-Men. I only say previously on X because that's our Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Previously on X-Men. Full X-Men. The most recent thing that we just dropped was an interview with, uh, what's his name? Oh, Mike Fosberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike Marvel Fosberg artist. Yep. An artist for mm-hmm. Marvel. And yep. next thing we're going to be doing, I think, the animated series. So nice. Should be fun. Okay, cycling back around. What about you, Kendra? I am Miss Musebox91 on Twitter, and I am the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where we talk 90s music. And I believe, most recently to this episode, we will have talked about uh, the Mmm song by Mm -hmm. Crash Test Dummies. Yep. Okay. All right. Good time. Good times. Hillary, thanks again for joining us for this terrible, terrible episode. Thanks for inviting me. Kendra, or Hillary, would you like to take us out? 9021, here we go! (laughs) 